Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN, thanks for joining us for the show today. Whether you're just hanging out after John's show or you just jumped in your car or your truck, we appreciate you being here. The network is a, is a group of entities that advocate against domestic violence. Um, and we wanted to talk about Katrina's Law. Maria Negron is with us. She's the director of policy at the network. And do I have that right, Maria, that it's a group of many different nonprofits and organizations that advocate against domestic violence? Yes, that is uh, that is correct. We are um, a coalition of direct service providers. And so you're following what's going on in Illinois because of Katrina's law that will be considered again this fall. Can you tell everybody about Katrina? Yeah, so Karina's law um, is uh, a bill that we've been working on since the early spring, and it recently was renamed in honor of Karina Gonzalez and her daughter, Daniela Alvarez, who were residents of Little Village in Chicago. And her case was especially egregious because she had actual an actual um, order of protection against her husband. And, you know, the order of protection um, wasn't enough to ensure that she was not killed and her daughter were not killed. Um, and her son was actually also injured in the incident. And we have since been working with her son um, and renamed this effort in honor of her and her daughter. So this bill, Karina's bill, would require law enforcement to remove that gun from a home when a survivor is granted an order of protection. So it's not a blanket order of protection. What What is in current law is there are 18 possible what we call remedies that a survivor can request from the judge at that hearing. Um, And one of them is currently the firearm remedy. But what our bill is trying to do is it's trying to clarify and strengthen that law so that the survivor can receive that access in an emergency case um, and so that judges can grant it in that emergency case and that so law enforcement have what they need to execute and remove those guns once a judge actually grants it. We've had conversations in, in the past with uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart and his desire to have gun permits revoked just to get people who are in violation of a FOID card here, here in Illinois. And it simply comes down to money and manpower. And in this case, it would be state police, right? It would actually be the sheriff who would be charged with removing the firearm um, when the judge, again, grants the the order of protection with this specific remedy. So it's not in all orders of protection. It's just when the judge grants it with this specific remedy. And it would be the sheriff's. And we have been in ongoing conversations with his office. um, And they have actually, you know, been working with us hand in hand on this effort. That's excellent, because I know it's something that he wants to accomplish, but in previous press conferences and conversations, he had said he needed more money added to the budget to make that happen. In fact, I think in May at a press conference, he said there were 27,000 people in Cook County alone who had the right to have a firearm revoked, and he just doesn't have the manpower to go make that happen. Right. And I think, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with the bill, because in all orders of protection, 
your FOID card is automatically suspended. But in especially egregious cases where that survivor has a fear of, you know, imminent death for themselves or for their children, you know, the FOID suspension isn't doing anything. And to the Cook County Sheriff's point, you know, they don't have the manpower to go find every single FOID card. But what we're saying is in these especially egregious cases where a judge decides that there is an imminent threat and that gun needs to be removed full stop immediately, um, you know, the judge can grant that and then sheriffs will prioritize the service of those orders of protection that have this firearm remedy included. Yeah, something needs to be done. What are some of the numbers you can share with us since this is... This is what you do every day. The numbers are not good, but do you have Illinois numbers or national numbers about how many domestic violence victims are then harmed because their their abuser has a gun and uses it against them? Yeah, absolutely. So we know that, um, you know, the, the presence of a firearm when there is domestic abuse going on or intimate partner violence going on, it increases by 500%. That homicide increases by 500% when that combination of, is there. So, um, you know, domestic violence and guns equals a 500% increase in the, the chance of homicide. What we also know is, according to the Gun Violence Archive, which is a nonprofit, a national nonprofit that looks at homicide statistics across the U.S., that in 2022 alone, there were 106 domestic violence-related shootings in Illinois, um, spanning across 22 different counties. So we know that this is a prevalent issue, and again, that the comments combination is is extremely lethal um, when it comes to, to guns and domestic violence. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Maralia Negron, Director of Policy at the Network about Karina's bill. Uh, you may have heard a little bit about it last week when it was buzzing in the news again. Karina was shot in her little village home. Her daughter not only shot but murdered, her daughter was and her son was injured at the hands of her husband, who she had an order of protection against. And that's not the only story that has emerged from this area. And I'm sure that there are many similar similar stories across the nation. So um, what happens now and how do you petition the Illinois General Assembly to act on this legislation? Yeah, absolutely. For any listeners who would like to get engaged on the bill and, and push for its passage during the truncated veto session in Springfield, which is coming up next week in October, which is also, you know, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And for another week in November, we encourage you to follow our social media platforms. We do have a link for automated um, emails and tweets to go to your targeted elected officials in your area, asking them to vote in favor of Karina's bill this veto session. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for the work you do, Maralia. Thank you so much for having me.